0: Welcome to So You Can Heal. This is Abby. And Josh. I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and a therapist at Still Point.
1: And I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist at Still Point.
0: Josh, I am so excited to continue this conversation with you today about loss and dig into how to hold space for grief, what grief teaches us and just kind of explore the topic. And one thing that came up for me this morning, I was getting ready to drive Leo to school and I was very anxious because of the weather, because of the road conditions. And I was struggling with that anticipatory possibility that something bad was going to happen or like we were gonna get into an accident. And so it brought up a question for me, like what's the difference between anticipatory grief versus being intuitive and trusting what I feel? It reminds me how grief fits into our lives. It's intertwined into what we do, what we plan, who we are, our experiences. And I think that's a very difficult concept to hold.
1: I feel like when my anxious part is active it is more fear than anything and when it is my intuition or that intuitive part of me like that information is always given with a piece to it like whether it's just a knowing a a whatever like there the seat of it is peace now how we respond to that information is entirely different right but the core of it will always be a piece that's what I found for myself
0: sure no that makes sense and I think it is difficult to like move through the anxiety or set the anxiety aside to center into that peace or center into that knowing because it gets very confusing
1: I can and I think that's why like mindfulness is really important because it is the I mean it's teaching you mm-hmm. how to set aside those things so that you can be present to that knowing Mm -hmm.
0: and when you say mindfulness it reminds me of how sometimes i have to check in with myself to be present to it like what is this anxiousness or what is this agitation that i'm feeling where am i feeling it what am i doing with it because sometimes i start doing things with it even before i notice it
1: we get into that routine of managing it for ourselves in whatever way. And then as we're on our highway, we sometimes notice it.
0: Yeah, on my highway, I would be checking things. I'd be like hyper aware of like where things are at, what I'm doing. Um, I would try to be more like preparatory for it, like looking for the road to turn on or making sure that my windshield wipers are on if we're going to use the highway metaphor.
1: So I do think that it's important that when we have a knowing that we, I mean, sometimes it can be really hard to stay out of fear, depending on what it is that knowing is telling us. I also understand that as a means of survival, we will do certain things to prepare ourselves for whatever it is we feel is coming. Hmm. I find that the more we are in fear in that preparatory state, the longer that anxiety can last because then it can completely get out of control. And then we start questioning ourselves. Right. I mean, I think that it's a normal response, especially depending on what one's feeling.
0: Sure.
1: I mean, and I think that it ties into this beautifully. Like you said, that anticipatory loss is being felt in some way. So how do you start planning for that? Mm -hmm. in a way that's not consuming everything that you are in that moment.
0: And I do find people get polarized in that consuming, whether become hyper aware or hypo aware. So the avoidance or the acceleration.
1: Like I said, and I think that is completely normal.
0: And I think with that being the norm, we then have to stretch and learn how to tie back into our present moment. I think of it as like weaving or stitching those very opposite ends and bringing us back into the present to know how to go out and come back in, go out and come back in.
1: For me, whenever I've had those moments where I've felt anticipatory loss or When I have that feeling that something is going to happen, I mean, it has taken me a while and sometimes it's still hard for me to do this, but like I try to ground as much as I can and start exploring that feeling because the more that I'm able to stay in it and be open to it, the more I can understand like what is really happening. Mm -hmm. Like is that feeling because well, you have low tire pressure, right? (laughs) You know, it's cold out. So (laughs) just be mindful. I think that we can get ourselves worked up really quickly when really it's something that could be very small, but that small thing compounded could be something really big.
0: Right. Where else does grief fit in our lives? Like in this cycle of life?
1: I mean, I think grief is a very normal part of our lives. I think grief can come in the form of loss, as we've kind of talked about. Grief can come in the form of feeling out of control. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's really what it's about. Like we feel out of control of what is happening around us. And Mm -hmm. there is a part of us that, Is being faced with something that is much larger than our finite human experience. Gotcha. And that is really scary. Right. I mean, especially because we go through life most of the time, like completely oblivious, like (laughs) to anything else besides what's happening in our world. And then when we start recognizing that there is this, I don't necessarily think it's a Thing, but it's definitely a thing for me <laughs> I don't know but yeah whether that comes through change or loss of some capacity yeah there are things that we have no control over and I think that scares the hell out of us mm-hmm. and we don't know how to deal with that all the time I mean I think it can look A thousand different ways, like, but essentially I think what it is and how it fits in our everyday life is that it is when we are faced with the idea that we are not infinite or immortal or that things will always and forever continue to change. Mm -hmm. And when we are faced with that idea and that reality, grief can set in.
0: I think that's so true, like the birth, the death, the beginnings, the endings, everything in between, when there is that ability to recognize, or when we're developed enough to understand that, whether felt or cognitively known, it does feel very out of control. And there's that space where we are relinquishing our concept of control, and we are sitting and waiting for what comes next. Kind of that seed and planting, like when you plant a seed, it sits in the soil and it waits while it changes and the environment changes. And it either allows things to begin or allows things to end. And so there's knowing that something is growing or the possibility of growing, and there's the unknown to not be able to predict what's next. And I would call that transformation. And that's where faith comes in for me because we can see the possibility and we are taking that chance, which we've talked about a little bit, or that risk. And there's grief in both of those things, the possibility and the chance, the known and the unknown.
1: And I find it's when we are able to recognize that we can't control, that's when we're able to start allowing ourselves to move through. The grief.
0: Yeah. And that's huge. When we recognize that we can't control, we start allowing ourselves to move through the grief.
1: Yeah. And I think that with loss and grief, it offers us opportunities to change. And I think that it can be really hard to see or want or even fathom that change in the midst of the hurt. I mean, because I think we can become so overwhelmed with our sorrow and despair and the pain of it all that it's really hard to see anything outside of that.
0: Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we think that it will never end.
1: I do think that there are a lot of really valuable things we can learn in our grief. And I think some of it is remembering, remembering the good things, remembering, and, I, and not just about the other person, but about who you are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that it's important not only to focus on what or who was lost, but on what and who you want to be. I mean, and again, like that can be hard. And I think that takes time. And I think, like you talked about yesterday, with our loss cycle, I think that there's a part of that where it goes from focusing on the past and the loss to focusing on the future. But yeah.
0: And when I hear you talk about remembering, it reminds me of how we have different lenses at different times. Right. Like when we are in the depths of that loss, we have a lens that will become different once we are moving through that loss.
1: What do you mean? Like
0: if I think of that metaphor of like the house of mirrors and how if I stand in one spot and I'm present to it, I'm seeing things through a particular lens. If I go to a funeral and I stand in the midst of sorrow and I look through the lens of my pain or my hurt i look through the lens of losing that person or what that meaning was for me what i wish would have been or what i am glad to let go of like there's so many different lenses in that present moment and then come a year years later even the next day if i start remembering things if i start evaluating or taking stock And what was happening for me, what was happening for that other person, Mm -hmm. if I explore or expand my lens, it, it changes, it shifts. And so as we move through that pain or that emotion and allow ourselves to explore and express it, I find that our lens changes. So we move through that house of mirrors and we come to a different understanding or a different perspective.
1: And with that, I think it's important to make sure that other people aren't holding the mirrors we feel like we should be seeing that through. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I think we are trying to grieve how we feel others think we should. We have to keep going. We have to keep doing these things. These people are counting on me. And then we start avoiding our own grief. I mean, and this may be hard for some to hear, I think some of the people who are holding those mirrors are our children, our families, because we have to be something for that person in the midst of our grief, Sure. which yes, like I can completely understand part of it, but I think that we get so wrapped up into the role that we're in that we forget that we are in our own space and our own healing process that we need to allow ourselves to experience.
0: Well, I think what you said is key. If we stay in that too long, same goes with anxiety. Like if we stay in it too long, it is harder to get out of. It is harder to express anything else. It's more challenging to come to a space where you are actually experiencing or expressing your own lens of that grief.
1: Thinking about relationships and how they change over time, there are often... Changes that we settle into as time goes by. And sometimes the relationship can suffer because of the roles we assume.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this might be taboo to, to talk about, but I think as I became a mom, I had to grieve becoming a mom. Like I had to grieve letting go of some of the things that I held on to as not a mother even though there was possibility and excitement around becoming a mom. But I absolutely grieved those parts of me that would need or have to change or that I wanted to change. Mm -hmm. Josh, one thing I wanna make sure to mention is that as we talk about this, I recognize that we're talking about it from an individual's perspective. And I think there, there are like Multi dimensions to this, where we not only process grief individually, but we process grief relationally and we process grief communally. And I think we could talk for hours about that. Where, like, if other people are holding the mirrors, maybe we ask them to hold that mirror for us and witness what we're experiencing. Or communally, we might come to a, a place to to mourn something.
1: That's the collective grief.
0: And I've seen people have a lot of collective grief recently. And so it's both, it's both the collective grief. It's both the individual grief and relational grief that we are invited to hold space for.
1: And I think it all kind of can happen simultaneously.
0: Hmm. That's such a difficult concept to wrap my head around.
1: Because just as much as we are grieving collectively with a community, we're grieving certain aspects by ourselves. we're grieving certain aspects with partners and loved ones, or within a type of relationship. I think it all happens simultaneously, whether we are grieving in a community, and how that grief can affect us individually and relationally or even an individual grief, like how it can impact relationships, or how it can impact our involvement in a community. Like, I think it all kind of sits on top of each other, and I don't think you can really separate one from the other.
0: Which I think can appear very chaotic. But if we bring it back to that cycle of life, there are multiple Welcome to So You Can Heal. This is Abby. And Josh. I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and a therapist at Still Point.
1: And I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist at Still Point.
0: Josh, I am so excited to continue this conversation with you today about loss and dig into how to hold space for grief, what grief teaches us and just kind of explore the topic. And one thing that came up for me this morning, I was getting ready to drive Leo to school and I was very anxious because of the weather, because of the road conditions. And I was struggling with that anticipatory possibility that something bad was going to happen or like we were gonna get into an accident. And so it brought up a question for me, like what's the difference between anticipatory grief versus being intuitive and trusting what I feel? It reminds me how grief fits into our lives. It's intertwined into what we do, what we plan, who we are, our experiences. And I think that's a very difficult concept to hold.
1: I feel like when my anxious part is active it is more fear than anything and when it is my intuition or that intuitive part of me like that information is always given with a piece to it like whether it's just a knowing a a whatever like there the seat of it is peace now how we respond to that information is entirely different right but the core of it will always be a piece no, that's what I found for myself.
0: Sure. No, that makes sense. And I think it is difficult to like move through the anxiety or set the anxiety aside to center into that piece or center into that knowing because it gets very confusing.
1: I can. And I think that's why like mindfulness is really important because it is the I mean, it's teaching you Mm -hmm. how to set aside those things so that you can be present to that knowing. Mm
0: -hmm. And when you say mindfulness, it reminds me of how sometimes I have to check in with myself to be present to it. Like, what is this anxiousness or what is this agitation that I'm feeling? Where am I feeling it? What am I doing with it? Because sometimes I start doing things with it even before I notice it.
1: We get into that routine of managing it for ourselves in whatever way. And then as we're on our highway, we sometimes notice it.
0: Yeah, on my highway, I would be checking things. I'd be like hyper aware of like where things are at, what I'm doing. Um, I would try to be more like preparatory for it like looking for the road to turn on or making sure that my windshield wipers are on if we're going to use the highway metaphor.
1: So I do think that it's important that when we have a knowing that we, I mean, sometimes it can be really hard to stay out of fear depending on what it is that knowing is telling us. I also understand that as a means of survival, we will do certain things to prepare ourselves for whatever it is we feel is coming. Hmm. I find that the more we are in fear in that preparatory state, the longer that anxiety can last because then it can completely get out of control. And then we start questioning ourselves. Right. I mean, I think that it's a normal response, especially depending on what one's feeling.
0: Sure.
1: I mean, and I think that it ties into this beautifully. Like you said, that anticipatory loss is, being felt in some way so how do you start planning for that mm-hmm. in a way that's not consuming everything that you are in that moment
0: and i do find people get polarized in that consuming whether it become hyper aware or hypo aware so the avoidance or the acceleration
1: and like i said and i think that is completely normal
0: And I think with that being the norm, we then have to stretch and learn how to tie back into our present moment. I think of it as like weaving or stitching those very opposite ends and bringing us back into the present to know how to go out and come back in, go out and come back in.
1: For me, whenever I've had those moments where I've felt anticipatory loss or when I have that feeling that something is going to happen, I mean, it has taken me a while and sometimes it's still hard for me to do this, but like I try to ground as much as I can and start exploring that feeling because the more that I'm able to stay in it and be open to it, the more I can understand like what is really happening. Mm-hmm like is that feeling because well you have low tire pressure right (laughs) you know it's cold out so Uh just be mindful I think that we can get ourselves worked up really quickly when really it's something that could be very small but that small thing compounded could be something really big right
0: where else does grief fit in our lives like in this cycle of life?
1: I mean, I think grief is a very normal part of our lives. Mm -hmm. I think grief can come in the form of loss, as we've kind of talked about. Mm -hmm. Grief can come in the form of feeling out of control. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's really what it's about. Like we feel out of control of what is happening around us. And Mm -hmm. there is a part of us that is being faced with something that is much larger than our finite human experience. Gotcha. And that is really scary. Right. I mean, especially because we go through life most of the time, like completely oblivious, like (laughs) to anything else besides what's happening in our world. And then when we start recognizing that there is this, I don't necessarily think it's a thing, but it's definitely a thing for me. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, whether that comes through change or loss of some capacity. Yeah, there are things that we have no control over. And I think that scares the hell out of us. Mm -hmm. And we don't know how to deal with that all the time. I mean, I think it can look a thousand different ways. like, you. But essentially, I think what it is and how it fits in our everyday life is that it is when we are faced with the idea that we are not infinite or immortal or that things will always and forever continue to change. Mm-hmm. And when we are faced with that idea and that reality, grief can set in.
0: And I think that's so true, like the birth, the death, the beginnings, the endings, everything in between, when there is that ability to recognize, or when we're developed enough to understand that, whether felt or cognitively known, it does feel very out of control. And there's that space where we are relinquishing our concept of control, and we are sitting and waiting for what comes next kind of that seed and planting like when you plant a seed it sits in the soil and it waits while it changes and the environment changes and it either allows things to begin or allows things to end and so there's knowing that something is growing or the possibility of growing and there's the unknown to not be able to predict what's next and i would call that transformation And that's where faith comes in for me because we can see the possibility and we are taking that chance, which we've talked about a little bit, or that risk. And there's grief in both of those things, the possibility and the chance, the known and the unknown.
1: And I find it's when we are able to recognize that we can't control, that's when we're able to start allowing ourselves to move through the grief
0: yeah and that's huge when we recognize that we can't control we start allowing ourselves to move through the grief
1: yeah and I think that with loss and grief it offers us opportunities to change and I think that it can be really hard to see or want even fathom that change in the midst of the hurt. I mean, because I think we can become so overwhelmed with our sorrow and despair and the pain of it all that it's really hard to see anything outside of that. Mm
0: -hmm. And a lot of times we think that it will never end.
1: I do think that there are a lot of really valuable things we can learn in our grief. And I think some of it is Remembering remembering the good things, remembering and I and not just about the other person, but about who you are. Mm-hmm. I think that it's important not only to focus on what or who was lost, but on what and who you want to be. I mean, and again, like that can be hard, and I think that takes time. And I think like you talked about yesterday with our loss cycle. I think that there's a part of that where it goes from focusing on the past and the loss to focusing on the future. But yeah.
0: And when I hear you talk about remembering, it reminds me of how we have different lenses at different times. Right. Like when we are in the depths of that loss, we have a lens that will become different once we are moving through that loss.
1: What do you mean?
0: Like if I think of that metaphor of like the house of mirrors and how, if I stand in one spot and I'm present to it, I'm seeing things through a particular lens. If I go to a funeral and I stand in the midst of sorrow and I look through the lens of my pain or my hurt I look through the lens of losing that person or what that meaning was for me, what I wish would have been, or what I am glad to let go of. Like there's so many different lenses in that present moment. And then come a year, years later, even the next day, if I start remembering things, if I start evaluating or taking stock. And what was happening for me, what was happening for that other person. If I explore or expand my lens, it, it changes, it shifts. And so as we move through that pain or that emotion and allow ourselves to explore and express it, I find that our lens changes. So we move through that house of mirrors and we come to a different understanding or a different perspective.
1: And with that, I think it's important to make sure that other people aren't holding the mirrors we feel like we should be seeing it through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because sometimes I think we are trying to grieve how we feel others think we should. We have to keep going. We have to keep doing these things. These people are counting on me. And then we start avoiding our own grief. I mean, and this may be hard for some to hear, I think some of the people who are holding those mirrors are our children, our families, because we have to be something for that person in the midst of our grief, Sure. which yes, I can completely understand part of it, but I think that we get so wrapped up into the role that we're in that we forget that we are in our own space and our own healing process that we need to allow ourselves to experience
0: Well, I think what you said is key. If we stay in that too long, same goes with anxiety. Like if we stay in it too long, it is harder to get out of. It is harder to express anything else. It's more challenging to come to a space where you are actually experiencing or expressing your own lens of that grief.
1: Thinking about relationships and how they change over time, there are often... Changes that we settle into as time goes by. And sometimes the relationship can suffer because of the roles we assume.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, this might be taboo to, to talk about, but I think as I became a mom, I had to grieve becoming a mom. Like I had to grieve letting go of some of the things that I held on to as not a mother even though there was possibility and excitement around becoming a mom. But I absolutely grieved those parts of me that would need or have to change or that I wanted to change. Mm -hmm. Josh, one thing I wanna make sure to mention is that as we talk about this, I recognize that we're talking about it from an individual's perspective. And I think there, there are like, multi-dimensions to this where we not only process grief individually, but we process grief relationally and we process grief communally. And I think we could talk for hours about that. Where like if other people are holding the mirrors, maybe we ask them to hold that mirror for us and witness what we're experiencing. Or communally we might come to a, a place to to mourn something.
1: That's the collective grief.
0: Hmm. And I've seen people have a lot of collective grief recently. And so it's both, it's both the collective grief. It's both the individual grief and relational grief that we are invited to hold space for.
1: And I think it all kind of can happen simultaneously.
0: Hmm. That's such a difficult concept to wrap my head around.
1: Because just as much as we are grieving collectively with a community, we're grieving certain aspects by ourselves. we're grieving certain aspects with partners and loved ones, or within a type of relationship. I think it all happens simultaneously, whether we are grieving in a community and how that grief can affect us individually and relationally or even an individual grief, like how it can impact relationships or how it can impact our involvement in a community. Like I think it all kind of sits on top of each other and I don't think you can really separate one from the other.
0: Which I think can appear very chaotic. But if we bring it back to that cycle of life, there are multiple things happening at once. And it's kind of that, coming close in or backing up to see the larger picture or if we're only focusing on the seed germinating or whether we are backing up to see a system and all the different functioning parts coming together.
1: I think sometimes in the midst of it it's that hyper focus where we lose sight of what lies beyond what our hurt allows us to see So Abby, how can we hold space for grief?
0: I think in order to hold space for grief, there has to be an awareness that we're actually grieving. I think what you've brought up in the concept of focusing and how we've talked about like different aspects to focus on or focus with is really important, whether it be that internal focus or that external focus. I think one of the most significant things is allowing for the emotion to move. And that is one of the harder pieces I find people struggle with.
1: I found that many feel that if they allow those feelings to move, they are going to forget what Mm. was lost. Yeah.
0: Or that it will be too much and that they won't be able to handle it or hold it or that they will lose a part of themselves. And that brings us back to that concept of fear. And how much sometimes fear impedes on our ability and process of moving through grief and releasing it.
1: I think that to hold space for grief, we have to first accept the finality of the loss. And that can be one of the hardest things somebody can do is to wrap their minds around the idea that someone, something, whatever is never coming back.
0: Or that it will change.
1: Yeah. And as I was like preparing for this and typing this out, like there was a part of me that was feeling a lot of anticipatory grief, just writing that sentence. Hmm. Like it's the idea of, well, what happens when this change happens or this loss occurs? Like all that I've known will completely be different.
0: And even as you say that, like I can sense that anticipatory grief with you and I can feel it in my chest. Yeah. Where do you usually feel it up? It's
1: like burning in my face. So beyond accepting like the finality of a loss, we have to acknowledge and express the full range of feelings and emotions that we experience as a result of the loss. So we have to allow ourselves to grieve, allow ourselves to feel whatever we feel and express it so that we can move through them. And I think like with this, I think that sometimes in our emotional state, especially when we're hurting, we act out. And I think a part of that is okay, as long as we are making the repair after.
0: And I think it is important to recognize that we are human and that we do react in ways that we wouldn't have wanted to. And I think we can learn from those. We can become more conscious. We can remember how that impacted ourselves, our relationships. Like I agree with you is that the repair is imperative. And sometimes people don't learn how to do that. And so you have to teach yourself. You have to be willing to be taught within significant relationships and safe spaces. And I think if the repair is not made it then complicates the grief.
1: So as we are acknowledging our emotions and letting them be expressed, we have to start adjusting our lives in a way that which was lost isn't there. So we may have to start doing things differently or thinking about something differently. And that can take time to find what works for you and I don't expect that to be necessarily an easy process, especially with a significant loss. Mm -hmm. I think this entire process is really important to have the people around you that you can really rely on and that can support you, especially in this stage where you're trying to learn different things because they can help in whatever way that you're willing to allow them, in whatever way they're willing to help. Right.
0: Something I find that people forget is this concept of witnessing and how powerful that can be for someone who is trying to heal through grief, because it helps people not feel alone. And sometimes we underestimate how much witnessing can impact someone who is grieving. And what I mean by that is just a simple act of being present for what that person is feeling or expressing or experiencing and not trying to fix it not trying to put it away, not trying to extract it, but you are standing present to someone else's pain. And I think that is a skill. Like we learn that in therapy and we teach people how to do it in therapy, whether that be witnessing for yourself or witnessing for someone else and holding that very sacred space.
1: And the last thing I find is that's important is having an opportunity to say goodbye or to ritualize our movement into a new piece with that loss. So whether that is us having our own little ritual or it could be as simple as sitting on a couch watching a show having this idea like hey you know I'm doing better or I'm in this space by myself now and I'm doing well like I can say goodbye to what was so that I can step into the what can be. And I think that that is a really important thing. I think we have a funeral or a celebration of life or whatever people have to say goodbye, to come together, to share in that morning. But I feel like that we rarely ever have an opportunity to really say goodbye to the life that we had and welcome the life that can be, will be, That doesn't mean that we forget that person or that thing or that idea, experience, whatever. But it does mean that we have gotten to a place in ourselves that we can see ourselves in a space without it. And that we are able to move forward regardless.
0: And I find that those rituals have to happen over and over and over again, which sometimes people are really confused by. But I think that is part of a process.
1: Yes. I mean, because it can be a ton of little things that you're saying. I mean, it could be you recognizing that I can get up at six o'clock to take the dog out. Like I can say goodbye to that ritual that was where I didn't have to, or I can say goodbye to the idea that I don't like driving on the snow or in the rain, but now I have to, it can be, a Yeah. It could be a million different things and will be. And I also find that it's usually after the fact, after we're in that space already, we recognize that we're in that space. And I think that is a great opportunity to do that. I mean, I have had the occasional person that will need to do it before as a means of closure sure. and giving them permission to do something different. Mm-hmm but usually I find that it is after someone has already been in that space for a minute. And it is just a recognition of the work that they've done.
0: And I would tie this into what grief teaches us because it teaches us how to have closure or openings or possibilities and it changes the meaning of things. Josh, what do you think grief can teach us?
1: I mean, I think grief and loss can teach us to give voice to our feelings. It teaches us to heal. It teaches us to recognize our own strength in times, especially where we felt the most powerless. It teaches us to speak truth in a compassionate way. It can teach us to create and hold our boundaries. I think it can teach us to do things in a new way and how to create something for ourselves. I think it provides space for change. I think it can teach us how to ask for help and how to receive help. And I think in a a way it can teach us to honor the natural order of things so that we are able to be more at peace with changes that come later. Doesn't mean that we always will, (laughs) but (laughs) it it does very much teach us humility in in a sense.
0: I would ditto all of that. That sounds good. Well, <laughs> cool, because as you're saying these things, I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, what if we could have these reminders within our, like in our process of grief, instead of just the heaviness that we feel constantly? We might have to get mad about it, but it'd be a good reminder.
1: I mean, I see change in grief and loss. It's a transition. It's a transformation and, at times, a transmuting. You are transmuting one type of energy into another. You are willing something different into your life. That is a powerful experience. And I think that if we are able to be mindful enough during that process, we can learn a lot about ourselves. That does not necessarily mean it will ever be easy.
0: Right.
1: So what do you think the most important takeaway from all of this is, Abby?
0: My takeaway is that loss is part of our human experience and we can express and experience our grief in connection with ourself and with others in order to make new meaning and move into the next phase of our life. What about you?
1: That grief and loss have a lot more to offer than just suffering. And that if we allow ourselves to truly connect to ourselves and our experience and others, then we can benefit in some way through that suffering, even though it may not be easy. As always, Abby, it has been a pleasure. Me too. And you can check out our website at stillpointhealing.com you can check out our facebook and pinterest at stillpointhealing and you can email us at so you can heal at stillpointhealing with any thoughts comments concerns topic ideas questions we would love to hear from you and until next time